0: Hello, hello, how's everybody doing?
1: Grand.
0: Great.
2: (laughs) Rather enthusiastic of you.
1: I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine.
0: Red alert, all crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You starfleet officers, now start acting like it.
2: Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple.
0: Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist.
2: The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will
1: shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the prophets. A Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody hell. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen to the Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast, a two true freaks presentation. Today, we will be discussing the Emperor's New Cloak, which is episode seven. No, it's not, it's episode 12. Of season seven, written by Iris Stephen Burr and Hans Bemler, and directed by Geordie Laforge himself, Levar Burton. I am Andrew Leyland, and as ever, I am joined on my journey through the wormhole by an illustrious crew: Paul Spataro, Dave Pasquarella, How's it going? And Doctor Bill Robinson.
3: You can't see me because I have a cloaking device on me. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes, the, the, today's episode has clocking devices in it, which apparently the Mirror Universe doesn't have. Do what, they, did they lose the show? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we can only assume that they forgot all about that episode. Uh, uh, technology! <laughs> ah, we need things that make us go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Paklins are the smart ones in the mirror universe because everything's different in the mirror universe because it's opposite because it's it's a mirror. Ah, ah, it's all opposite
0: and yes, it's the same. They, they <laughs> have an Esri <laughs> Dax now. Esri yes, Dax is they the do. best part of that universe. She, she was the best part of the episode, I think. She, she was
3: the standout of the episode. But especially her eye makeup.
0: It's the same thing we've talked about with so many of the mirror episodes that it's you know it's just hard to accept that history unfolds the same way in the mirror. Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa! whoa. Time out. What's hard to accept? What's hard to? I'm just gonna get this right out of the way now because this is the big thing about this episode that just bugs the back crap out of me.
0: All right. Is well, that we, we we've run out of time, so oh. we'll see you all in two weeks, Andy. What are we yeah. doing next time? Next time, t- no. <laughs> Why don't we get a synopsis first, and then you tell us what's bugging you?
3: Okay, system. okay. we're
0: getting into a critique way too quickly.
3: All right. I'll just, maybe I'll just blurt it out,
1: but I'll just shut up. I'll, I'll try not to interrupt the synopsis. Oh, it interrupts, interrupts away. Uh, it premiered on February 3rd, 1999. Oh, ooh, we're, so, we're so close to the moon being blown out of Earth's orbit. The guest cast for this one was a recurring g- mop of the usual suspects. Wallace Shawn was back as the Grand Nagus Zek. Andy Robinson was back as Garrick. Jeffrey Coombs was Brunt. Max Grudenchick was Rom. J.G. Hertzler was Martok. Tiny Ron was Mahardu. Okay. Chase Masterson was Lita. And, uh, yeah, Vic Fontaine's in it. James Darren's in it in the Mirror Universe. Yes. I presume we'll get right into that later. The Mirror Universe Esri shows up demanding that Quark bring a cloaking device to the Regent Wharf in exchange for Grand Nagus Zek, who went to the other side in search of business opportunities. The first of many mistakes in this episode. Quark enlists Rom's help in stealing one of the devices from a docked Klingon bird of prey, which they hide by cloaking the cloaking device. When they reach the habitat ring, they avoid questions from a confused Captain Sisko and an impatient General Martok when they are noticed idly stirring at a bulkhead. They manage to get the device to mirror Ezra and are forced to transport to the Mirror Universe when Martok discovers the theft. Upon arrival at the alternative Deep Space Nine, now called Tarak Noir, they meet Vic Fontaine, who is not a hologram in the Mirror Universe, for reasons that are never adequately explained... The three are held captive as the Rebellion cannot allow the Klingon-Cardassian alliance to gain such cloaking technology, despite the fact they had it in the last time we saw a Mirror Universe episode. They're rescued by an alternative version of Brunt, who's actually a really nice guy, and probably the best bit of the show. It brings them to the region where it is revealed that the alternative Kira Nariz had planned this all along. Quark and Rom discover that Kira and Ezra enough <laughs> now nah, nah, and leaves them, and there, I just got distracted by that line, and they are then imprisoned. <laughs> Zack tells the other two Ferengi that he stole the plans to the multidimensional transporter so he can arrange business agreements with this universe, but the plan backfired when he was caught. Rom is forced to install the cloaking device into the Regent ship, and despite his cooperation, he and Quark are still sentenced to die at the hands of Mira Garrick. Esri, however, injects Garrick with the poison meant for Quark and Rom. She reveals her motivations be both a grudge against Zarek and regret over the death of Brunt. The Empire attempts to use the cloaking device on the Regent's ship, but it turns out that Rom had sabotaged the device to drain the power grid, and the ship is easily overtaken by the Defiant, forcing Worf to surrender to the Rebels. The Rebels bring the three Ferengi and Zex manservant Mahadu back to Tarak Noir, where Lita, who never married one, comes to debrief Ezra for now, for now the end, thank fuck for that
0: nor okay
1: no no Bill was in the middle of a tirade, let him tie
3: there's no reason for Vic Fontaine to be in this other universe, he's not real in our universe,
0: Earth 2 <laughs> yeah but I just I just enjoyed Vic Fontaine so much that it was okay
2: yeah it was great <laughs> that he was there but it was like no no it's Earth Two, where Vic Fontaine is a real person, oh. and in
1: our universe, he's only a hologram program. See, that's that's the thing with this one. They spend through the character of Nog, they spend so much time essentially undermining their own premise of him pointing out all the things that's wrong with the mirror universe. That by the time Vic shows up, you're like, well, they're clearly not curing, so why should I? Sure, Vic's here. It's like. Hey, everybody,
3: it's Mirror Universe. Everybody gets the chance to play something different.
1: Yay. And I'm, I'm sure it's loads of fun for the actors. Yeah, it but is. I, but,
0: but it's, no, but know, it's not always It's always loads welcome. of fun for the actors. Uh, Andy Robinson hated his character in the Mirror Universe. No, did
3: yeah, he? Because ain't. he's a sniveling, conniving. He's so opposite of Garrick. He's a toady.
0: He was happy that they killed off his character. It was in
3: uh, Memory Alpha. Know, was on memory alpha. Yes, uh, let's see if I can find it. Well, while you're finding that, so does 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 the Negus not what his only guard is Mardu, who is useless. Yes, I, I mean, why do you why why would you go to a militaristic? Okay, I know I'm attributing like common sense to a TV show, but we are here doing an in depth discussion. But it, it's like you don't take any guards, you don't take any precautions. An emergency beam out, you just get captured. You're the leader of your frickin' society, and you don't take simple precautions to prevent yourself from being kidnapped? Yes, I know you're the Ferengi can bargain their way out of anything, but sometimes it's just. Sometimes you gotta. That suspension of disbelief can only go so far, and they just broke me in this episode.
2: Plus, good security costs money.
1: (laughs) There is that, to be fair.
0: So, uh, one actor who was happy to see an end to his mirror character was Andrew J. Robinson. I was really, really, really happy about Garrick's death. I never liked those alternate universe shows because that Garrick was just a stupid bad guy. The thing that's great about our Garrick is that he has subtext. There's a lot going on beneath the surface, and if you don't pay attention, then you're in trouble because he's got you. But the mirror Garrick had no subtext. He was just a toady opportunist. So... They didn't. All the actors did not enjoy their chances to play these characters. And you could see, because Garrick has got to be one of the most fun characters to play in the regular universe. So when mm-hmm. you change his character, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. But
1: Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that, because Kira, uh, Nana Visitor, didn't like the mirror Kira either she didn't like where they took the character she has said she didn't see the Mirakira as being bisexual she saw her as being so raging narcissistic that when presented with herself the, the idea of oh was just too much for her but they took that in a different direction than what she felt they should have so she wasn't overly enamored with the mirror universe episode either
0: mm-hmm. the actors were not all thrilled to play these parts and The problem that always comes back to me is the premise that the universe unfolded differently from, you know, you pick the point where the history divulged. I mean, a lot of times we like to go with the city on the edge of forever for that. But we know it's it's unfolded differently at least since some time before the era of Captain Kirk. So... It unfolds differently, and when we watch these shows, it unfolds very differently. The characters are different. Their fates are different. People die. People change their, their allegiances. It's all very, very different in their personalities from what we deal with, and that's part of the fun, I'm sure, of writing it, and you know, for the, the actors that do enjoy acting in it. But how do you accept that history unfolds so similarly, to our universe, you know, Jadzia died at whatever point and now they have Esri. Uh, You know, it's just, it it really is, you know, like if you put your mind to it in the slightest bit, it just makes no sense at all. You have to just accept, okay, this is just a fun fan fiction place. And that's the way... Well, that's what it's become. Yes, that's what it's become at this point. So now we have season seven We know we're going to have... This is our last Mirror Universe episode. Uh, This is going to be our last real Ferengi... Although there's going to be some more Ferengi things that will go on later, but this is a Ferengi Focus episode. I don't know that we're having another one of those. Uh, And they dropped the ball on it. They made an episode that I sat there and I thought, is this over yet? I, I should not be looking at my watch I should not be looking at my watch in any episode in Season 7, particularly one that's going to be in the Mirror Universe with, with the Grand Nagus in it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's such a shame, because he's obviously one of the few people who's genuinely funny in this show. And the entire opening shtick, where Quark and Rom are stealing the cloaking device, is what? genuinely funny. That was funny. Especially when they're staring
3: at the bulkhead, and Martok yeah. and... <laughs> Just go oh, walk I'm, out now. I want
2: to paint my quartz as this color. It's already this color. Oh, that must be why I like it. <laughs> and that is why they don't have cloaking devices in the mirror universe. They cloaked the instructions and the inventor died. <laughs> and they lost it. Where'd it go? I can't find it. <laughs> yeah,
3: so maybe that's stuff. Maybe that's what we keep our toes on. Maybe we have cloaking devices in this universe, but we keep banging our feet on them. When we walk down hallways and stuff,
1: like, what did I just trip on? There's nothing here. Yeah, and some of the dialogue in the opening episodes is really good, and Martok's reaction to that is really good, and and it promises an interesting episode to take the doofy character, Zek, and put him in the Dark Mirror universe. And then it's just really, really dull for the vast majority of its running time. (laughs) Yes, uh, the only one who really comes out of this with the dignity intact really is Nicole De Boer, who not only seems to have a good time in the show, but is actually playing a very different character. Mm-hmm. And she's not playing her character as a joke, which is the problem I have with Mirror Worf and Mirror Garrick. <laughs> Mirror Worf. <laughs> yeah, Mirror Worf just rants and raves like a bore, doesn't he? Let me rip off. Let me rip my chair up <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. So, you know, and I, I don't know what to think about the idea that every
3: Bashir is just. I'm so sick of Mirror Bashir, too. He's there yeah. also. Like, the only one that, like, O'Brien is good, but Bashir is just.
1: Oh, God. Mira Bashir is
0: being played like a 12 year old kid playing Pirate. Yeah. Yeah, you imagine that's what he's like on the holodeck. Yes, that's fine. Yes. And and you know what? That may be the way he approached it. He may have thought, well, you know, this this is my character, and he wants to be a swashbuckler, uh, you know. So so this is the way he would be if he was. But I th- I really believe that you know, Bashir in reality is more of an intellectual than an action man. So even in the mirror universe, he would have found that as his niche. I think I think. You know, the Bashir character that we've gotten to know over seven years is somebody who wishes he was an action guy, but isn't. So now to present him that way in the Mirror Universe just doesn't make sense to me. Wow, um, just think
2: what we'd all be like in the Mirror Universe then.
0: I would be dead. Are you kidding me? I would not survive. Or I would be somebody's toady just kind of <laughs> trying to point, you know, re- betraying people right and left, you know. You don't I'm know that. Be- you
2: could be the leader of the Empire. You already have a goatee. Right. True. No, wait, you wouldn't
3: have a goatee.
0: Yeah, in the mirror universe. And I'd be thin. And well, Andy would, would clo- be I fat. I would use the cloaking device to cloak part of my body and make me look thin.
3: Andy would be the Winston Churchill of of, of, of his uh, generation.
0: We he shall never surrender, Tarot Noir. Better than being the Neville <laughs> Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, yeah.
3: But the downside is he would look like me.
1: Yeah, but, you
3: know, it's with that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd, I'd like to come up with something deep about it in this episode, and I'm just, I just don't.
1: There isn't anything. There's not really a lot to it. Even in the regular Mirror Universe episodes, where there is a possibility of discussing the difference between the characters and the paths that it's taken them, and what it would look like if Star Trek were this kind of gritty show, this doesn't play with any of that at all. It's just an excuse for the Ferengi to act like the Ferengi and Nicole de Boer to look good in leather.
0: Which mm. she does. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kira's the only one who appeared in every Mirror Universe uh, episode on DS9. So she's got. There's been five for you. <laughs> I guess they made uh,
3: leaders more, um, like, tough. Lady,
1: Lita's tough. more certainly. Uh. <laughs> you know, it
2: would have been funny is if the Negas closed the deal, and they gave him a big box of stem bolts and says, Oh well, this is what we use for money here. <laughs>
1: Ah! I think it's Teague and Dax and Lisa are going to be closing the deal. Because that's all this has got going for it. Lesbian fanfic. Let's be honest.
3: I think I have one of those books they came out with.
1: <laughs> Lesbian fanfic? Yeah, they actually
3: printed a... What? No, 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 no. I mean, well, there was <laughs> there was stories from the Mirror Universe. I picked it up years ago. I've never read it. And I, I, But, like, on the cover, it's, it's, it shows, like, women uh and i think it's a it might actually be i I don't know i've never read it so i can't really comment it's it's alludes to that on the cover but i never Mm -hmm. read it so maybe before next episode i'll dig it out and find it if i still even have it i might have given it to the library to to spice
2: things up for them
1: yeah Yeah, i'm I'm sure it's a programming quirks holodeck Yeah. yeah, that's 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 pretty much which all that, there is to Which this that
3: part was funny that that Quark thought Ezri was coming, that that was the real Esri <laughs> doing a role playing
1: thing well, with that's, him. that's 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 what I'm I'm saying. It starts really promisingly. I mean, obviously, from that opening, this isn't going to be a deep and meaningful episode with lots to chew on, but it promises to, at the very least, be funny and entertaining. And once you get over to the Mirror Universe, the interest, my interest level just plummeted. And you look back over seven years of Deep Space Nine, and, and you've got to honestly ask yourself, did they ever do this concept justice? Did they ever do an episode that was as good as Mirror Mirror? And even Mirror Mirror doesn't really work that well if you analyze the story. But it's such a good and fun and enjoyable episode that you let that pass Deep Space Nine couldn't decide what to do with the mirror universe. They didn't know whether they wanted to do a dark, gritty exploration of what Star Trek could be if it was, I don't know, Battlestar Galactica. Or did they want to make it a comedy laugh fest? And they end up trying to do both in this episode and it doesn't work at all.
0: I think their goal, if you will, was to just to kind of have fun and let the actors all play kind of different roles and that kind of thing Uh, but I do think they dropped the ball to some extent Um, I thought you know the Mirror Universe episode on Enterprise showed what you can do with it
1: yes the Mirror Universe episodes of Enterprise are two of the best episodes of that show but that's after this
0: yes but that was like okay you know this is what you did we'll show you how, how, how it's done right
1: yeah, we'll show you how it's done. You know what else is good about that Mirror Universe of Enterprise? Don't you tell me that the 60s TV show sets can't be done to look great with modern production values, Discovery. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I haven't. I, I would have to look back to see, you know, what we rated them. I don't think I've been disappointed all along with the mirror universe in ds i think in general i've kind of liked them but this one to me was just
1: (laughs) do you think some of it as well is that we we know we're rapidly approaching the end and this is the second waste of 45 minutes in a row
0: yeah that's part of it but you know what when we were watching this brand new in 1999 we knew that too and i don't think i liked it then either
1: i don't i don't remember a lot of these at all the seventh season
0: I don't recall specifically, but I, I I don't think I I don't think I liked this one even back then. Mm. I think I had issues with the fact that, like I said, I, I almost felt like it was boring. And that, that's, yeah, we shouldn't have that with the setup that we have here. You know, I, I could forgive, and we, you know, we've said this many times. I'm not being breaking, but I can forgive certain plot holes. I can forgive certain leaps in logic, but I can't forgive boring. If I'm if I'm hoping for the episode to end. That's that's an unforgivable sin,
1: mm.
0: especially for yeah. my favourite show.
1: Yeah, it's it's like we'll we'll give it a pass if it doesn't make a lot of sense logically or whatever, if it's entertaining. And this, this this lost me halfway through, even more than last
0: week. Yeah, and it is two two negatives in a row, and I'm I don't know, I don't have any recollection as to what we're getting next, but I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. It- can be back up i don't remember there being a sustained poor streak in the seventh season so I'm, I'm guessing the next one will be better received by us
1: i also think that this is only something that's come to us while we've been re-watching it here i don't remember if i even noticed this watching it live there's an awful lot of time being devoted to esri and this is no reflection on her i think nicole de burr is really good i don't think that's what the show should be doing in its seventh season yeah, I, no.
0: I know I had that thought after the last episode, and I don't remember if I articulated it or not in our discussion of it, but I've been kind of thinking that as as much as I uh, find the actress to be uh, engaging, and I even like the character, if this was the sixth season, I think it would be much more acceptable for them to be treating she is, or the way they are. Uh, but in the seventh season, it feels like, you know, we don't have that much time. Uh, you know, mm. maybe, maybe we should have gone without a Dax character in the seventh season, because... You know, we only have one season to to wrap this all up in a, in a uh, an acceptable way, and and why waste episodes to, to introduce? I know Dax is a familiar character, but Esri Dax isn't. So why why waste time to introduce a new character? Doesn't feel right.
1: No, it, it feels very much like uh, we should have seen her, found out what happened to the the the, the symbiote. Had those couple of episodes at the beginning, and in that one that we all discussed, where she's on about I should leave, I don't belong here, she should have left.
0: You know why? Because yes. she doesn't belong there. Yeah, she doesn't. Although I think I think in the remaining episodes, I think, and again I'm I'm working off memory of 20 years ago, but I think they pull her back into the you know into the ensemble from this point forward. I don't think she's so much the focus anymore. And I think once they do that, it's fine. I think we'll see can't can't tell you that from a definitive memory because mm-hmm. i didn't remember i didn't remember this aspect of it going into this rewatch that i was going to be this disappointed with the focus on her but i am
1: i remember that there was a mirror episode that Ezri was the focus of but i didn't remember the details of it and there's probably a good reason for that now that we've rewatched it
0: <laughs> i also didn't remember that i was kind of tired of you know them focusing on her mm. well <laughs>
3: guess what Next time is an Ezri focused episode. It really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's a good one for a change.
3: Actually, it was a kind of interesting. It let's say it's a Dax focused episode more than an Esri one. I'm Although Ezri is the means, the means by which we will access the Dax backstory. I'm far more
0: open to a to a Dax focused episode than.
3: Yes, there's there's someone killing people on the station with uh, technology.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, well, you know what? I'll try and keep it an open mind, so.
3: I, yeah, so uh, so I did a quick looked up the two books that I have and maybe I was I so doesn't say they're fan fiction. I think I'm going strictly on what is on the cover. Never judge a book by its cover. So maybe all these years I've judged these improperly and I apologize for that. It's probably my sexism creeping in. But on the cover, you have Kira as the Intendant, you have Deanna Troy, who's like the uh, Warp's uh, uh, you know, one of his uh, wives or whatever, or something. She's Deanna Troy's in a Klingon outfit, and Annika Hansen, Seven of Nine, is also on the cover, too, dressed in a Klingon outfit, and she was a trained opera for the Obsidian Order. And in the second book, Dark... Pa- well, the name of the book is Dark Passions as well, so... And all women are on the cover.
0: I gotta say, it, it Bill, it sounds like you Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is you're willing to fall on your sword and say, "Oh, it's my sexism or whatever," but it sounds to me like they're saying, "Hey, look at this." And uh, that's probably why I bought it. Yeah, but, but I think I think that's what they're trying to induce in you. So, are you to, are you to blame <laughs> for having thoughts when you see pretty women on the cover? I don't. I mean, I, I don't think so. That's, so on that's the second their, cover, they're pulling that out of you, so to
3: speak. So, and somebody's printing something on the printer in the middle of the podcast, but uh, oh well. Oh,
0: so boy, on the it's second, a, it's a late bulletin.
3: <laughs> this just in
2: from the merry <laughs> universe.
3: <laughs> so Star Trek: Passions book two has Annika Hansen on the cover, and um, she's in a seven of nine type outfit without all the technology and stuff. Uh, she's in the center, and then to her left is Janeway. Looks like they just put her head on somebody else's body. Uh, she's wearing like some type of Bajoran outfit, perhaps. And then Beverly Crusher is there too, in some type of red thing. So, yeah, I'll. You know what? I will. I will. Uh, maybe I will throw these up in the chat while we talk, and I'll let you guys decide while you guys continue talking, see what you think if I'm just a sexist pig or not
1: no I've, ju- I've just looked well you are but I've just looked up those covers and no they they are very pro- very definitely projecting an image and the actual premise of the two novels is the da- the bad girls of Star Trek so you know
2: and the, th- the third book has Quark's mother on the cover <laughs> yay let me have a copy of that one Moogie and Lita
3: Moogie, Lita and a female horda
1: <laughs> yeah. But let's 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 be honest. The mirror universe episodes on DS9 have largely just existed to indulge the creator's slightly childish view <laughs> that everyone in the shows a woman has to be a lesbian. In the mirror universe, the ending to this episode, you know, I'm not going to deny that Lita's got a good front, but what was the point of that ending, really? Other than to be fNA f- now, nah, Look, hey, Ezra and Leite, hey, Beniel.
0: I, found, I just, I, I just like love
1: should look at the camera. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> you know, Can it you, just. Can you make
0: more of an effort to be politically correct to say she has a lovely front? <laughs> <laughs> She, she puts
1: she puts forward a lovely front. That's what I'm saying. I don't know you're, what you're eating me bias. spit Diet Mountain
3: Dew all over my computer screen because I was taking a deep swig right when you said that. I'm like, Whoop.
1: <laughs> and again, this was 20 years ago, so it probably wasn't considered quite as sexist then. But this time, I did feel all right. Well, we've got the intendant. That's her shtick. But I did feel that the ending was a little bit. Hey, look, lads. Well, somehow, I don't know how, but somehow they even. Made
3: her accoutrements larger than usual.
0: They're always doing <laughs> that.
3: That's my Captain Kirk, you know, because that's, you know, when they beam down. The, the, they throw your fruit curves. You know, it was like, holy cow. Can the, wow. All right. Suddenly I became Christopher Walker. Wow. Woo. Uh, You'll know. put an eye out with those. Whoa. <laughs> you put both eyes out. Vic, baby, why are you here? There's no reason. You're not I, real.
0: You know, I'm totally willing to forgive them on the Vic <laughs> thing, just because I like Vic so much.
3: He's like, can I get to be a bad guy? Well, technically, you're just a hologram, so... Eh, yeah,
2: what the heck? Uh, yeah.
3: They should have made him a hologram, like a the station security hologram.
0: Yeah, what, what, that would have been uh, better. And it, uh, and it just shoots right, right, right through him. Ah, what? You make him the uh, EMH. Yeah, he, he would
3: be the... Uh, the, the E.L.A. The, the emergency <laughs> lounge hol- hologram.
2: Sorry, pal, you're done for. <laughs> <sighs> we got anything else on this? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Then there's Brunt. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah brunch, brunch, yeah. brunch yeah. Discussing. was brunch great. Is fun. Brunch was fun in
0: this. That, that him, I liked.
2: He was one of the saving moments of this episode, though it couldn't be saved. I could just hear you singing that like the, and then there's Maud song. And then there's (laughs) Brunt. And, you know, that was a very popular show in the mirror universe, and
1: then there's (laughs) Brunt. Did it have the longest opening credits in TV history? (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) He's a nice guy, he's never compromised, and then there's Brunt. Yeah!
0: (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey Combs is just, he must have had so much fun on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just...
3: Uh, I just read one of the lines of uh, uh, Rom. So who's the president of the Federation? Goldicott? <laughs> I mean, Rom's like us. He's like, what's going on in here? This doesn't make any sense. Everything's crazy.
1: Uh, yeah, Brent is good. Yeah, it was nice seeing nice guy Brunt, which I think is the only reason I'm not going to give this zero stars. Brent's I don't think
0: we've, even, I don't think we've Sorry, ever given Ron, zero stars. <coughs> I always go back. You know what I go back to. rain. And that, that got a one from me, from Sean. Andy loved it. <laughs> I love that. I love that, that translates to loving it. <laughs> in how well it does. Well, I mean, in in at least theoretically, Prodigal Daughter was a worse episode because that got four 1.0s. Mm. Is this is this as bad or worse or better no. than Prodigal Daughter?
1: I'm you to answer d- that question um, no i don't think it is because at the very least you've got you do have like builders pointed out you've got uh, rom pointing out all the way through what the hell is going on you you've got sorry sexism alone you've got mirakira you know um the first 10 minutes or so all the stuff with the the stealing of the cloaking device and quark thinking esri's coming on to him um and Martok and cisco's reaction to them examining the bulkhead all of that's really good it's only it only really falls off the cliff when it gets over to the mirror universe so i think all things considered i think this is a 1.5 maybe a two i could probably be Probably go for a two, just because I enjoy the beginning so much.
0: I can't go for it. I I don't think it's I don't think it's a one because I thought it had, you know, as as you said, it had a little bit more going for it than that. But I can't go as high as two for it either, though. So I'm going. I would
2: I would go 1.5 as well. I really did like. And then there's Brunt and the opening in the hallway with the cloaked cloaking device. Uh, a few cheap laughs, but not higher than that. It wasn't as bad as the last. One faint praise I want to give it a one but
3: oh that's only because we delayed recording an extra week so I've had to hold all this venom and visceral vile inside me for an extra week but I think I will give it I will give it one and a half um I don't know (laughs) one and a half brunts
0: Blaine said
3: and then there's Blaine then there's Blaine what did he say he's really smart he knows his math he's better smarter than all of us and then there's playing yeah yes. what?
0: oh okay i was like do you not have it up hi guys i was just letting i was just giving your your song a chance to settle in hi guys return to the mirror universe once again we get an esri focus with mirror esri being the main major mirror character I already struggle with long-term mirror universes since it seems unlikely that all the same characters would be born in both, though I appreciate what it does to allow the actors to show range and do something different. So we kind of agreed on that. This time, it's an excuse to do a light Ferengi episode before we ramp up for the finale. Story structure spoilers. The series ends with a ten-part episode. So this is one of the last six standalone episodes of the series. It has its moment and deserves kudos for its exploration of sexu- sexuality with Ezri, Kira, and possibly Lita in the Mirror Universe. It's clearly trying for laughs and gets a few, and once again shows the respect Zek has for Quark and Rom. Not that not that, that point will ever be important again. All in all, another fun turn, but while I'm binge-watching, the huge emphasis on Ezri is obvious. Those who aren't fans of her could find themselves put off by Nikki DeBo- Put off. Nikki Boer was still developing as an actress So we can see some moments work better than others But at least we see that she does have some range As Mira Esri is definitely not the same type of person as regular <coughs> Esri I've said it many times before and will say it again Esri Dax is just utterly adorable This is the first time I've seen this episode And I would say that Esri Tegan is isn't adorable so much as she's just plain hot. Usually don't get comments like that from Blaine, so I guess that's a, you know he was he was impressed. Still, it would be nice to spend some time with other characters, though I know that's not going to happen next week. Well said, Blaine. And that was Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like we said, it, it. And and I think we all like Nicole de Boer in this character, and, and like her as an actress, and you know, find her to be appealing, uh, but I think we are also, unless somebody disagrees, I think we're also in agreement that it is kind of uh, feeling like we're wasting precious time focusing on developing that character in the list. It's
2: a writing problem, it's
3: not
0: an acting problem. Yes,
3: I agree. Jog my memory, uh, please. So, did they know, they knew this was going to be their last season, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so, I mean, because the argument you could make is like, well, you know, they were taking some time to develop Esri because maybe in the following season, you know, they could expand on this. But, okay, forget that.
0: That's why I said if they had done this in the sixth season, I don't think it would, be, it would have been as bothersome to me. Right. But, yeah, they, they knew. And, and you would think in the writer's room, when you know this is your last season and you're going to have 26 episodes, you would think you'd say, okay, this is where we start, this is where we end. How are we going to get there and how are we going to pace it?
3: Well, they probably had the ending paced out, and they're like, you know, we got to have a bunch of filler episodes. Hey, we got this new character. Let's just explore a lot of stuff about her. Yeah, the people will love it.
0: I love it. That, I think that's easy because, you know, when, when you're running low on ideas, you have a new character. It makes it easy to, to just say, hey, let's do this and this with the new character, and mm-hmm. it, it let's, gives us new ground to explore. But when you're doing a long-form story and coming to a conclusion, I, I think that that's lazy. And I, I didn't get the impression that this is a little surprised. That's it The Emperor's New Cloak. We have some other email. We know Andy doesn't have to read it.
3: So. Oh, I don't have the email up. It would probably take us too long for me to get well, we to it. We have one
0: yeah. from uh, Tissim Tissim, our friend Ben. And that one actually is specifically referring to an episode two, that we're two away from. So we'll leave that. Oh, now. Chimera? The ah. next one in the email box is from Ryan Cockrum. I don't believe we've ever heard from Ryan before. Thanks for texting us or for emailing us. Rather, Is he related says, to Zephram? Ryan says, hey, boys. Hello. How are you guys doing these days? Hopefully well. Basically, I missed the whole podcast wagon and didn't start listening to my first podcast until December 2019. I was hooked and started looking for something Star Trek related and pretty quickly came across yours. And I've been hooked ever since. I wanted to write you guys a note of support, but I've constantly talked myself out of it because I'm still listening in order and as of this date have just finished off your revisit of Way of the Warrior from the premiere, season, premiere of season 4, so at least I have some time left before I go into LTTP withdrawal. But since I'm so far behind, I figure my comments might be pretty hard to place given the length in time you guys have been producing this great podcast. That said, it's the occasional time you guys read a poor rating that fires me up and makes me want to write in because I wholeheartedly love your podcast. The banter, the delivery, thoughts and opinions, great stuff. Most recently I heard you reference one Star Trek iTunes review where a listener ripped into how critical you guys are, or can get rather. I for one love when you rip into an episode that was weak because frankly it's out of love on a whole for DS9 and Star Trek on a whole. So you're going to love this episode. I wish I had gotten into this sooner so I could submit more relevant and timely emails, especially because i found DS9 to become my favorite series over the years. However, one of my favorite parts, and he wrote it in the Andy about listening to your older episodes is that I hear your opinions on upcoming Star Trek productions as if it were a time capsule, and it's interesting to hear thoughts on the... Thoughts on the As The Episode... I'm on unreleased Star Trek discovery or even your opinions on the latest Trek films. Because honestly, I think I'm more in more pro into darkness and anti beyond than you. That gives me something to yell at my radio about. And I love it. <laughs> it it's been a great listen so far and I look forward to listening to the rest. Take care. Ryan Cockrum. Thanks for the email, Ryan. I, you know, it's, it's, gratifying to hear somebody who's enjoying it this much really uh, you know that adds to why we enjoy doing this so thank you for letting us know that and i really
2: yeah
3: that was great nice, uh, absolutely it's nice to know that um, when you searched we came up as something you know that when you were looking for something star trek related that w- w- we we did pop up you know i don't know how they do the algorithms for the searches or, or, or such so so that's cool um iTunes reviews, has anybody checked that? And, and, and,
0: and, and, I, know, I know. a while, honestly. And that it is something that is of interest to me, so I'm going to do that right now.
1: You guys... Do, I I may be putting our foot in air, but I would be willing to close this show down by doing three episodes at the end on the Calvinverse movies. Mm. Because pretty much all all it would be for me is, God, Michael Giacano's score mm. is great!
3: And pretty much for the second one, all I would say is... <laughs>
0: Stop.
3: You, you, you would both have a lot more to say than, the, than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do.
2: I don't know after the second
1: one I did. As good.
2: Yes,
3: I, I agree with that. I, I, I like
1: the third it. one a lot. I don't like the premise of where they go start with with Kirk. That seemed a little bit... Mm-hmm. But the actual... The actual film, taken as a whole, is the only one of the three of them, I think, that feels like an episode of the show. Hmm. I'll have to look into that.
0: There. Right, I'm going to touch on some iTunes reviews. Uh, oh, I think wait, it's been a long wait, time wait, wait. since we okay. up.
3: Andy, do you have iTunes up?
1: Because you would actually have different reviews than Paul. I do not, and I haven't opened iTunes for ages. Yeah. So it's... i Never mind. Maybe later. how many podcasts it's going to download. Yeah, it's going to go blah. You may continue, Paul.
0: Oh, may I? Yes. So I'm, I'm just looking. I think it's been a long time since we read one. So we have two that look to be recent enough. One was almost a year ago, May 25th, 2019. Uh, but I don't think so. It says Paul, Dr. Bill, and Sir Andrew deliver an incredibly mm-hmm. entertaining and insightful podcast. Chewbacca agreed. They discuss and debate the show's key themes and frequently make clever connections to other Star Trek shows. Their passion and respect for the series is beyond question. I rate this podcast five Alamarine. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Alamarine. We have one that appears to be just like in the last week or so. It's Ooh, called. Yeah. It's, it's titled Honest, Balanced, Great, and it's from Todd Waddell or Waddle, I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, I was really hesitant to listen to a fan cast, but I'm so glad I gave this one a shot. The hosts love DS9, but they're frank that the series was uneven and sometimes really bad, particularly during the first two seasons. Because they're honest in their criticisms, their compliments and praise mean even more. I also really enjoyed how well Paul, Sean, and Andy compliment each other. They're like the three aspects of my fandom, and I appreciate their different perspectives and the points they highlight. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate you. I appreciate the positive review, and I think it is important, frankly, that we are balanced, and that we don't like when we don't like an episode, we come out and say it. And I just have to, you know, I, I reiterate this periodically on what kiss that we. Just because we're critical of an episode or critical of something in an episode doesn't mean we don't like the show. We love the show. And yes. Even non, the episodes, none of us. Go on, finish. Even the episodes that we don't like, we don't like it relative to other episodes. Uh, You know, we're not saying, you know, even this episode, we're not saying, oh, my God, this was horrible. But I do have to say if this was consistently the level that the show was at, we wouldn't have the love of it that we do.
1: No, none of us are hate watchers. I've got far better things to do in my life than doing this if I wasn't enjoying it. And I do it because I enjoy it. Which is probably I I wouldn't be around for the Voyager podcast.
0: <laughs> maybe one or two episodes, but not all seven we're, seasons. We're rapidly coming to a close on this particular series. and when we do, I'll tell you I enjoy the camaraderie that the four of us have too much to say, to be flippant about walking away. Uh, So I'm going to definitely be enthusiastic about wanting to do something else together. Whether that works out or not, and whether we all can come to grips with that, uh, you know, we'll see. But I'm certainly, like I said, I'm certainly not going to just walk away and say, oh, that's it, we're done, goodbye. Anyway. I'm I'm with you. Anyway, that'll be it for this episode, I guess.
3: But wait, in 2017, (laughs) Sci-Fi ranked this the sixth, the sixth Best mirror episode of Star Trek. Out of six. The, the, the out of six, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. We had five here. One on Star Trek. <clears throat> two on two, Enterprise. Two on Enterprise. Would, so when, when was that?
0: When was that ranking? Uh, in
3: 2017. So.
1: Well, the Dang Fire as well. What would Discovery count
3: as? Would uh, that Discovery could, wasn't would even that out be, at, at 2017. Discovery wasn't even the thing.
1: Right, but at this point, the, they didn't actually do a mirror episode, but one of the characters was from the Mirror Universe.
3: Well, they did go to the Mirror Universe in the second yeah. part of the season. Spoiler!
0: So they, did yeah, mirror, so they did have mirror episodes that you would eventually have to
1: you, do you are. Mirror. You're right, yeah, I'd completely forgotten that. Yeah, they, they do go to the Mirror Universe. So I wonder where that one would rank it now. Probably still sixth. <laughs> Sorry,
0: sorry. Oh. I like no, 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 no. I the was of it season one of Discovery. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Would it push this stuff. one down?
0: Yes, I think. Uh, Would this one yes. now
1: be seventh? <laughs> oh, well, this might be lower. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is this the bottom of the pile?
0: Well, but if, but if if there were five DS Nine episodes and one TOS episode, so that's six, mm-hmm. and then there were two Enterprise episodes. Yeah, two enterprise. So, so either Eight.
3: the two enterprise. So they're saying there's two
0: that rank below this one, and I don't see that.
3: I
1: don't either,
0: to ah, be honest with yeah. you. I, I think this is the worst mirror episode.
3: Enterprise was
1: done by then, right? By 2017. Yes, enterprise yeah. was done. So and I would put in a mirror darkly underneath mirror mirror. That they're, they're, I'd put them top three.
3: I'm trying to find this uh, elusive uh, rating system, but I can't find it. It's, wait, hold on. Let me go back. Maybe there's a footnote. Ah, there is a footnote. Ranking every Mirror Universe episode. All right. Oh, this was revived. Oh, no, retrieved. I thought it said revived. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Okay, number seven. Number seven was Resurrection. Oh, that's Barile. Yeah.
0: Okay. You know oh, oh, what?
1: God. Yeah, that one's awful. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And what, how do, but let's say, you know what? Let me go back and see how we ranked
1: that one. Yeah, and while I say that it's not really a contest worth winning, that is it? <laughs> Which one of these two is worse? This one or the burial one? What was so
0: the one called? Resurrection.
1: Resurrection. The both right. bottom of the heat. Resurrection, Emperor's
3: New Cloak, fight! Oh.
0: I, I don't know bone. if we... King of the hill. It was season six. Okay, that one was... I gave it a 1.5, so I gave it the same ranking as this. Andy loved it and gave it a 2. <laughs> <laughs> I love how half a half Mark Morby's loving it. Bill clearly liked this episode more than that one because he gave it a one. <laughs> so we, we, we were all over the map. One, 1. 1.5, and two.
1: Oh, no, no, I don't agree with this list at all, Bill. This has got Inner Mirror Darkly at number five. No, 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 no. Oh, so they did put the Enterprise in here. Yes. I mean, if Mirror is not number one, there's something wrong. Oh yeah, there you go. Mirror Mirror is number one. All right, fine. Yeah, I'd, I'd have in a Mirror in a Mirror Darkly number two and or two and three personally, but that's just me.
0: I think so as well, and that's just me. Mm-hmm.
1: Your, your mileage may vary. Yeah. yeah, this guy doesn't agree with us. He, he has it a bit further down. I personally would put the Enterprise episodes above the Deep Space Nine ones, but you know, whatever. It's all in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So Some people that's are blind. for oh, the sorry. Emperor's New Cloak. Next time, an all-new episode of Listen to the Prophet. Several crew members are murdered, which means Ezri Dax must become Columbo in Field of Fire. An assassin is on the loose. He was shot through, through the heart. And the manhunt seems hopeless. There is someone who could help,
2: but I don't want to ask
3: him. Now, to catch a killer, Ezri must become one.
2: You murdered three people. I don't want anything to do with you. But when she confronts the truth about herself,
1: you're part of me.
2: I'm nothing like you.
1: No. on the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. (laughs) Actually, you know, if she did become Columbo for that episode, that would be the best one ever. I just have wonderful visions of Nicole Boer going around and putting her hand on her forehead and going, "Uh, just one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) Can you just imagine her in the Mac uh, with the little dog? (laughs) I've just made this episode ten times better than what it's going to be.
0: We will see. See you all then. <laughs>
1: see you next time.
0: Bye-bye. Listen to The prophets. at Deep Space Nine podcast,
1: is a Two True Freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you like to buy stuff from amazon and who doesn't why not drop by the two website where if you click the little link that we have though it will take you straight through that site and whilst it won't cost you any extra we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar which helps create content like this we very much hope you enjoyed listening to the profits. every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal sean engel Next time our a all new episode of Listen to the Prophets. we're roughly halfway through the. We are dead set halfway through the final season as Ezri Dax must go and uncover. Uh, <laughs> Slowing <laughs> down, Daisy, Daisy, give uh, me a answer. Open the pod paperwork to us, Andy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll do that again. And then there's Blaine, yeah!